There's a reason more pros choose redneck blinds over any other blind on the market. Combining amazing quietness, scent control, and usability features, you have the ultimate hunting blind. Give them a call or check them out online at redneckblinds.com. Dakota Silence, we're embracing better. Our focuses, revolutionary concealment, extreme silence, enhanced thermal efficiency, purpose-driven functionality. Unheard, unnoticed, uncompromised. You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, proudly presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. It's myself, Tim, along with Dave and Kevin tonight, and uh, joining us on the call. We have Eric from Gas Bowstrings. Eric, it's great to see you. How you doing tonight, man? Good, good. Thank you. Good deal. So it's been uh, it's been been a year, hasn't it? It's been uh, been pretty busy, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, it has, and we're we're right in the middle of uh, you know our busiest um, peak season or busiest busy season ever. Um, you know, we've we've been really fortunate. We've grown. Um, you know, every year we've been in business. Um, just celebrated our sixth. Uh, year anniversary of being in business and um, we've had you know exponential growth every year and and you know the crazy part is is that you, you take a year like we had you know last year and we had such a giant year it's like all right you know at some point this is going to level off but um, you know it, it hasn't um, you know it, it will sometime and I know it will but but it hasn't and uh, you know the, the crazy part about that is that it's not, you know, I know everybody, there's a lot of people who are busy, but we end up, you know, the market share is what we're, you know, it seems like we get more and more dealers every year that, uh, that are coming on board with us and, and partnering with us for their, um, for their, their bowstring needs. And um, it's been, it's just been absolutely crazy. It's awesome. You know, we call that as positive problems, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Growth is always good. So what I, what I wanted, what I was actually curious about too, is is that growth that you're seeing. Do you see that? Um, do you see that growing more on the target side, the hunting side, or is it a pretty good mix between the two? It's a good mix. Um, you know, we 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 make we make you know a lot of investments as far as trying to uh, be active in in both sides, right? So, um, you know, on the target side, we're we're super active in. Um, having a lot of uh, um, a lot of relationships with 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 many of the top archers in the country, actually in the world, um, that that choose to shoot our strings, and and you know we have great relationships there. Um, we also you know we're also present there. You know we do things like uh, you know we'll we'll sponsor the ASA, we sponsor USA Archery, World Archery, NFAA. Um, the feeder programs like S3DA, that kind of stuff. So we're, we're really involved and active in, in that side of, of stuff that grows the sport side, you know, so, um, and just being there, you know, that's a, that's a big thing for us. Um, on the hunting side, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's different consumers with, with bowstrings, you know, you have your, your educated consumer that knows exactly what they want. They, they know they want a set of, you know, blank bowstrings, whether that's gas or, or any of the other companies, they know what they want. And, and that's what they, you know, that's what they go after. You know, they come in asking for that. Then you have your, your other customer, which is, it's a good percentage of the customers out there. They're, they're brand agnostic, right? So 
they they come in they see their local dealer they they hand them their bow and you know 150 bucks and say put strings on this thing you know that's where we we work hard on on that side you know supporting the the dealer um supporting the, the pro shops and and really getting in on that level right there um so so we're we're kind of we're kind of attacking it from from a lot of different angles right there rather than just trying to be you know one thing or or focus on one thing we, we kind of understand you know the industry as a whole um there's there's multiple ways for us to to really um kind of make sure that we're, we're we're addressing you know all the different people's needs awesome and i do know you guys have different lines um of of strings for for different bows can you walk us through your lineup and what the differences are between them yeah you bet so the one thing the one thing we don't necessarily believe in or, or i don't i've never really felt like they're you know i don't believe in doing like a good better best right so if if you get a set of gas strings it's going to have it's going to be a, a premium set of our you know all comes with the same warranty the same guarantees the same process our, our tts which is total tensioning system um, so whether that's, you know, one set or a different set or anything, you know, in between right there. So it's not a matter of, of having different tiers, um, but, but just, um, different things that kind of, kind of hit some different points. So uh, our most popular is, is our high octane custom. Um, and that is what, um, you know, there's like 55 or 56 different colors that, that BCY offers. And we, we pretty much offer all of that. It's 452X. Um, uh, everything's built with our TTS total tensioning system. It has, uh, you know, uh, full customization is available. So any color servings, any color strings, any, any two colors, any color speed knocks, you know, all that customization is, is completely full at that point. Um, our next set is we have, we have what's called our ghost XV line. So that's, that's kind of uh, something that's exclusive to us. It's a slightly different material blend. And, uh, and we have that in a, in a ghost white and then in a camo. Um, the reason we limit the options on this right here is that, you know, what we're trying to do there is, is create, you know, ultimate consistency um, so that we're not, we're not blending any different, uh, you know, colored materials. We don't have like a, you know, a black and, and a flow green that might have a little bit more extra dye and wax in it or whatever. So it, it, it gives us an opportunity to, to take the next level with, with our controllables at that point you know, and what we do. So while you can customize the serving colors on these right here, you just can't, uh, you can't customize the colors other than you have your two choices, white and camo. A lot of the target shooters, you know, choose that white and ghost camo is something that's super popular for us. It matches pretty much any, any different bow out there as far as the camo colors. Um, well, there's something to go. And, um, and then we also have, uh, we have our freak show strings. So we partnered up with um, a guy named Jesse Broadwater, who is who's pretty well known uh, in the industry as a as a kind of a tuning guru and you know a, a very accomplished professional archer, um, one of the best to ever uh, play the game, and uh, you know in doing that, um, he you know originally he had switched some bow manufacturers and I and I reached out to him to say hey listen are you are you interested in you know working with us you know from a sponsorship standpoint he said well no not really. I'm looking to do my own thing <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to work on some stuff and, and, and he wanted to build his own strings. What I ended up doing um, was, you know, we worked out a partnership for us to build the strings for him. So uh, we have a partnership with him. So, and that's a, that's a hundred percent ultra low wax 452 X 
and awesome. uh, we have a some other little processes that we use and and uh, some cells that are basically designated to Jesse and 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 the way that uh, the way that we do stuff built um, you know to his specifications. And then um, the last one we have was a new one that we did this year is uh, was our high octane blackout. And what we found was there were so many people that love to wait to the last minute or, you know, basically don't care about color. Black is fine. So what we did is um, we took uh, we take some time of the year when we have, you know, our production's not as crazy as it is right now. And we, we take about a hundred and I think it was about 125 different bow models that we had. And then a couple popular crossbow models, but we, um, you know, we built some stock ahead on that right there, you know, same process and everything else, but we keep these in stock. So, you know, while, while there's a little bit of a lead time on strings, if somebody was to call up and order custom strings, um, somebody can call up and say, you know, Hey, I've got a, you know, I've got a, a Matthews Halon 32, you know, a couple year old bow or whatever. Um, we keep strings in stock for that. So we have those out there hanging. We could pull them off the peg, drop them in a package. You know, I mean, honestly, somebody could could call us at noon and, and have strings in, on their doorstep the next morning if they, if they needed them. So um, we've kind of we've kind of done that. So those are the those are the different series that we have. That and, last one more more of like a quick ship, right? That's what you're that's what you're talking about. In stock, yep, ready to yep, go. Cool. Um, black, right? Uh, what what color black do you want? And and that's you know, <laughs> it's, it's no frills. But the thing of it is, is that it's built it's built in the same process, carries the same warranty, um, you know, it, same quality. It just uh, yeah. you know it isn't 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 flashy or pretty. Um, well, you got you got that right though, because if somebody's waiting to the last minute, it's a need, not a want at that point. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The ones the guys who are calling for those right there, they're you know it's it's Tuesday, and uh, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going hunting this weekend, and. Um, I need a set of strings. Um, so right on. It, it works out. It's actually amazing. I, I thought that that would be a good, you know, a good supplement to, to, to what we do. I had no idea that it would be as popular as what it is. Um, we, we pull, uh, on average, we probably pull about 50, uh, 50 sets a day out of our, uh, out of our blackout stock that we, uh, we send out to customers. So it's, uh, I guess there's a lot of, uh, a lot of procrastinators. Um, but that's, I'm probably no different. I'd probably be the same way. So Eric, tell us about how, um, like someone would know, I guess like when should someone first off on a compound bow, when should they change your strings? How often? And then what's the advantage to using something like gas compared to like just the stuff that comes with it from the, the store itself? Like when you buy the bow. Sure. Sure. So, so to answer the first question, that really depends on how hard you are on your equipment. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you could say as a, as a general rule of thumb, you know, if you're not shooting your bow very often, if you're, if you're getting it out and, and shooting, you know, a couple hundred shots in the summer to prepare and, and uh, you know, then you got through the season and you're not, you're not being rough on it and you're protecting the fibers, you're not dragging it through the brush a bunch and everything else. I mean, you know, you probably, you know, every, every couple of years, I mean, even, even three years, I think you're, you're okay with a, with a set of strings. Um, if you're somebody that's, that's a little bit harder on the equipment, if you're shooting your bow year round, um, for example, um, if, if you're shooting your bow year round, you're putting some significant arrows out of it and, uh, or you're, you're hard on your stuff. I mean, if you're Western hunting, you're dragging your bow through, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of brush or, or whatever. And that's probably, it's probably an annual thing. Um, I see a lot of people that, you know, have some, 
you know, expectation that a, that a set of strings, you know, is going to last them, you know, years, right. When, you know, they're, they're out there shooting, you know, a couple hundred arrows a week and they're, they're rough on their stuff and everything else. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a consumable item. Um, you know, there's only so much life that you have in a set of strings and it doesn't matter who builds them or how well they're built. That's just the way that that is. So, um, I think your, your strings will kind of tell you, I mean, you know, when you look at them and you just pay attention to how they are, you know, if you've got a set of strings, that's been stable on your bow for forever, right? right? Let's say it's, you know, it's it, it shot in, you know, the bow's been tuned and everything else. And, you know, they're, they're starting to fray really, really bad. That's fine. Okay. We can wax them. We can do some stuff there, but all of a sudden, you know, you lose poundage or your bow goes out of time or whatever on a set of strings that's been, you know, shot in after a while, well, then it's, it's 100% time to change those because um, there's a breakdown somewhere. Um, there, there, it's lost stability. There's a breakdown in the fibers. There's something happening where this, this string needs to be changed. And, and that's, um, I think that's important to, to note um, that, that you just kind of have to pay attention and, and look at it. You know that, uh, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a stabilizer, you know, you put a stabilizer on there and, and 100% it's gonna, it's gonna last, you know, forever, you know, until you decide to change it out or, you know, give it to your nephew or, you know, whatever and upgrade it. A string is going to, a string at some point is going to wear out, um, you know, and the amount of time that that is, is based on your, your usage and, um, you know, and, and care. Um, you know, we put a, we put a one-year warranty in place because, you know, I, there's some people that do shoot enough to say that they could potentially wear out a set of strings in, in a year, but, you know, we put a one-year warranty in there because I mean, that's from a, from a craftsmanship standpoint um, that pretty much covers, you know, covers that, you know, if, after that, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's one of those weird deals. I mean, you know, like I said, if somebody really, really shoots a lot, yeah, they could wear their set of strings out in, in a year and they might have to change them annually. And strings are one of those things where if you have like a, a catastrophic failure, it's going to affect the entire boat, right? It's not, oh, yeah. it's not, not like, any, you know, it's not like a rest that might break or, or something like that, where you can just replace it and the rest of the bow is good. Your spring breaks, that bow is, it could be completely done at that point or cost you a lot more money to fix. So yeah, just, yeah, out, of, just yeah. out of curiosity, um, just by comparison, what about these? elite competitive archers that are shooting in these competitions, target guys, how often are those guys changing strings? So if, if they're using the same bow, let's say, let's say a guy takes his or gal, whatever, they take the same bow and they're going to run it indoor season and they turn around, they shoot that bow outdoor season as well. Um, they, I mean, some of them, some of them may change strings a couple times a year. Um, you know, just, just in doing that, if it's a bow that they're, you know, they're just hammering away shooting every day, every day, every day. That's just, and, and some of them feel, and I've had this, I, I've, I've had this in, in, in the years past and, and stuff like that, but sometimes a bow just, it just seems like it feels better with a fresh set of strings, you know, after, after you've, you know, you've shot one and you've shot a lot of, you know, thousands and thousands of arrows. And then I've got, uh, I've got people that are also that same level of elite archer and they'll be, they'll be, you know, uh, going on a year and a half in their strings and I'll look at their, their stuff and, or I'll think to myself, be like, you know, like, that, that guy hasn't ordered strings in a while or whatever. And they're still shooting the same bow, just shooting the snot out of them right there. And, you know, they're, they're okay with it. So I think it's what everybody's tolerance is for, for some of that stuff. Uh, yeah. um, 
you know, being a, a string maker and, and, and I've, I've always built strings, you know, for as long as I've been in the sport, I, I was probably, I was probably on the latter side of that. You know, I'd probably shoot them right to the very end till I couldn't anymore, you know? Um, but I also knew what, I knew what to look for. Like if, if my bow started getting a little bit squirrely and things, I'm like, okay, yeah, I gotta, I gotta change these out. I gotta change my strings, but you know, I'm not, uh, I was never about, you know, swapping them out early, just, just for the sake of, of fresh strings, you know, so to speak. Right on. You said earlier, you mentioned it a couple of times, your, your total tensioning system, your TTS system. Can you, can you walk us through what the benefits of that is? Yeah, you bet. So, you know, I think if you've been around archery enough, you know, and you're, you're going to see bowstrings is, is the most flooded category there is in, in, in all of archery as far as products go, right? I mean, your barrier to entry into, uh, into to building strings is, you know, some material that you can buy from, you know, distributors or direct. And, you know, there's some commercially available string jigs. And, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you have a bowstring business, right? Um, it's, it seems like it's that simple. And, uh, and everybody's going to talk about how they got this a proprietary system and they do this and they do that. And everybody's got the best system. And, you know, truly there's more than one, you know, there's multiple ways to skin that cat. Um, our way is, is, is a little bit different than, than everybody else's. Everybody's going to tell you that theirs is the best. Um, our, our, their total tensioning system is kind of something that's based off from, you know, my 30 plus years of, of doing this um, and, and some of the other people that I had enlisted when we started gas, you know, we, we go a different depth as far as, you know, how deep we go in, in trying to tension, you know, a lot of people will simply build a string, you know, twist it up, you know, throw it on a, a stretcher as they call it right there and, and, you know, call it a day. Um, ours goes a lot a lot deeper than that. We actually get down to the fiber level. Um, you know, I've had a lot of experience in the past, you know, with, with fibers and tensioning and, um, even have a, a an actual fiber patent, um, on, on some stuff on bowstring material. So, so what we, you know, we, we look at that really, like I said, more of a base level and stability. So, um, a lot of that happens right from the get-go. So rather than, you know, us, stretching something at a static tension it all starts with our layout process and how that's done under tension um you know another piece of that is that, that we take out a lot of the human element that comes with that you know we've got amazing string builders um that work for us and a lot of them are tenured um you know uh, average string builder probably you know has more than five years experience with us some of them worked for other string manufacturers before they worked for us but what one of the things that makes our process great is that we we take we take a lot of the, the human element out of this, you know, where somebody might be a little bit more heavy handed than, than the, the next person who's a little bit, you know, lighter handed when they're doing the, the layout process through our total tensioning system. We, we basically, that's kind of the equalizer in all of this. And, and that takes all those strands and it, and it takes them from, you know, the potential for inconsistency to creating 100% consistency before it ever, you know, has any of the other, um, you know, pre-tensioning or, or any of the other stuff with it. So um, it's, it, it's, it's a total process and, 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 you know, it starts, like I said, starts right at the beginning, right at the fiber level with what we do with every individual strand and ends with how we, you know, how we tension, how we twist, um, you know, peaks and spikes in the tensioning process of, of how, when we're, we're doing the, the pre-tensioning and, and everything else, it's, it's, um, 
we've built, you know, customized equipment around that to do that. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a really good system. You know, it's one of those things that we, we spent a lot of time um, before we ever went into business. You know, we all, we all came at this with a background in bowstrings, you know, I'd, all the years that I'd had and, and I had a couple other guys that came on board with me that also had, uh, you know, a lot of experience and we, we put our heads together, we collaborated, we tested, you know, we spent several months, you know, basically kind of in the testing lab, so to speak, you know, that we, we had built and, uh, you know, came up with a system that, that we felt was really dialed in. Now, the one thing I'm also proud to say is that, you know, we, we believe in continuous improvement. So I've got, I've got an awful lot of experience on that floor and, and we've got an open door for people to come out and say, Hey, listen, I, I got an idea and I think this could be better. And, um, you know, we, we, we try that stuff, you know, we, we work on that and we've made, we've made some small revisions to our process, um, you know, from, from where we started on day one to where we are today. Um, and it's because of the, uh, the folks that have been, been with us and, um, you know, wanting to speak up and raise their hand and say, Hey, I, I got an idea that I think could make this better. So I'm um, a very collaborative, uh, you know, uh, culture and, um, you know, and that's, that's helped us to, uh, you know, to improve and, and to constantly get better. Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lamp of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Downwind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Arizona Archery Enterprises, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life, faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. You know, I, I truly believe like today, for example, even though that our production and, and everybody wants to use the word mass produced, right? So they, they, they think of, you know, one guy that, that's, that's doing it in his basement, you know, and, and it's one set of hands and he has pride in what he does. They all want to talk about mass produced, but I honestly believe, you know, what we do, that's the biggest misconception about, you know, a business like us is that people think that it's mass produced when, when honestly, you know, our, our strings today are probably, well, there's no probably about it. I mean, they're better than they were a year ago. And I can tell you a year from now, they're going to be better than they are today because we're, we are constantly improving. We're, we're doing things to get better. We monitor, you know, any kind of warranty or, or uh, defective stuff that we have and, um, and just the way that we, we work with our string builders and the accountability culture we have. I mean, I know that um, everybody's, you know, they're incentivized on the, the quality of strings that they build, um, not just uh, necessarily the, um, you know, the quantity. So um, that's, uh, you know, that's, it's helpful. And, and, and a lot of that goes back, you know, a lot of people talk about you know, again, they go back to the single string maker. And I think that that's great because there's a, there's a lot of people that build strings and they're craftsmen and they're, they're amazing at what they do. And, and, and I was that person once upon a time, you know, many, many moons ago, you know, I, I could build a, an incredible string and that's, you know, that's how this all starts. Right. But creating process is what is what creates scalability. You know, if, if you're one guy and you're the magic, you're, you're that's, it's, it's never going to become anything more than a, 
I don't want to say hobby because I think that that's, that's, uh, that's not fair to the, the guys who, you know, there's, there's a handful of guys that do this as a full-time job who build strings and they do an amazing job of it. You know, just, you know, one person or a person and a family member or something, but, but there's no, there's no scalability there. Um, and that's the, uh, if you're the magic, then, then, then you're going to be very, very limited as far as how you can grow that. Um, what it takes to do it at the level that we, we do it at is, is, is process. Um, the process has got to be there. And, and our total tensioning system, as, as this all started out, the question, you know, is a big part of that. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's something that I'm, I'm extremely proud of, and I'm extremely proud of the team we have, um, because we, you know, we're able to do that, but we have a, we have such a good process in place and, you know, we haven't hired a, a new employee and I don't know if we've had anyone other than maybe a couple of rehires we've had this year, some people that are experienced, but, you know, when we bring somebody in, there's a very, uh, very specific method that, uh, and how everybody's trained and how they learn and the process of where they start and where they go to and, you know, how they move, move through the, uh, the, the entire thing. And it's, uh, you know, again, um, very process and procedure based. Well, it sounds like your philosophy as a company is consistency and that feeds down to your product. And it takes me back to what you said is the, how much growth that you've seen, right? that scalability right. factor and being able to maintain that growth because you're not going to have growth without consistency um, at all. Cause you know, you, your, your reputation is built upon, you know, the, those people that are buying it and uh, you know, a lot of word of mouth I have to imagine in that industry is, you know, in, the, in that world as well. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm a crossbow guy. So I have to ask this question. So we we've seen crossbows and I see that you, you have some like Ravens on your blackout and that kind of thing. So that's what kind of yep. my this question for me. Um, so we've seen crossbows in the, in the very recent past hit some really amazing speed numbers, right? 500 feet per second, over 500 feet per second. Has that changed the way that you have to manufacture those strings or, or has the, has the material and the technology of strings been able to keep pace with, with the way that that part of crossbows is going so so yes and yes um the, the material the base materials haven't really changed a lot i mean there's been some there's been some new introductions of, of a few materials but from from a crossbow standpoint um a lot of the the stuff that we do on crossbow materials is is with stuff that's that's been existing and on the market um i, I think it you have to be uh, you have to be really diligent as far as you know what what material you use both string material and serving material for the specific application and and crossbows have have absolutely um pushed the envelope on on what those materials are able to do um i think that you know in in some cases you know we we might build Crossbows is kind of where we, we draw the line on some stuff. So, so I'll give you an example. So there's a lot of customization that's available in, in a compound bowstring. Um, when it comes to crossbows, that customization uh, is a very, very small window. And, and the reason that it's a very small window is because now we're dealing with, you know, we're dealing with safety and performance concerns that, that, you know, we just don't have room to play. And, um, you know, it, the, the serving is, is, is stuff, you know, we, we've had to get very creative in, in the ways of, uh, 
you know, let's just say, you know, double serving where we, we serve with a, a base layer of one material in, in that particular size. And then we, we reserve that string again with another, um, with another material. And, and what you do when, when you do that is, is instead of um, serving with a much larger single material, you, you create a, a harder, a harder surface, you know, um, something that's a little bit more, you know, solid. And we've had to do that for some of the, some of the center servings and, you know, let's say um, like like some of the the super fast crossbows that that they have out there. I mean, um, it's just it, it makes it it makes it a little bit more difficult. You know, sometimes you'll have a, a different strand count and uh, material on the cables than you will on the string because you know the cables. What you you're really balancing everything. So so crossbow. I'm going to get technical for a second. Is that you have you have such a thump. Uh, let me let's let's take a let's take like the platform that uh you know raven and ten point and a couple of them have where they have the, these very very short you know pushing the you know the the 400 plus you know envelope of stuff um you have the from a from a a, a user performance standpoint right if your your cables and strings are stretching and everything else you know you're losing um, you're losing velocity out of the, out of your crossbow. And, and all of a sudden now it's changing your drop out at the, at the longer yardages and, you know, or your, your, your marks on your cams are coming around. And, and so that creates a plethora of problems. If, you know, we can build strings that absolutely stop that to it's, it's, it's 100% within our technology and our, and our, and our reach to build cables in a string where that will not move ever. Right. But that creates another problem um, without any give in, in that uh, in that system. Now we now we go down a path of, of, of we're dealing with potential failure. Um, it's harder on the entire system. It's harder on the, the limbs. It's harder on the pockets. It's harder on the strings. It's harder on all these things. Um, so it's, it's finding the blend between having, you know, providing some elasticity in the in the, the overall system that'll still allow the the to shock absorb and to give it a little bit, but creating that, that won't, that won't just go wild and, and, and move all over the place and, and, and create problems for the end user where they can, they can have consistency and, uh, you know, set their marks and, and, and know that by the end of the season that they're still going to be, you know, out at 50 yards is still going to be 50 yards and they're not hitting low or losing speed. So um, it, it's created some of our, our biggest headaches, um, I would say, and, uh, some of the, the, the most creative uh, things that we've had to do have been around, you know, some of the crossbows and, and everything else, because, you know, we, we do, I mean, we care. I mean, number one, uh, I mean, obviously we want everybody to have a great user experience with, with our product. Right. So they say, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to use a set of gas strings, whether that's on a compound or crossbow, we want, we want to make sure we're providing them the product that, that gives our, our customers the best end user experience. Well, you know, in a lot of cases, that's a, you know, it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult world when you start dealing with, with, with crossbows. It'd be very easy to, you know, slap a set of strings together like the OEM, you know, stuff that comes on them, but, you know, they're, they're going with our strings, they're looking to upgrade, right? So um, in doing that, we have to go the extra mile to, to figure out what the right application is for, for the crossbow. That makes absolute sense. And I'm sure, our viewers are definitely understanding that, uh, you know, the way that you guys approach this, it, it's not your traditional way of approaching, right? You guys are really taking it to the next level of thinking out uh, 
um, what goes into it and what are all the what all the elements are that need to be thought out and to produce a consistent and to your point safe product. You know, right. one well, one of the things I was wondering, you we talked about with the uh, um, regular bows. You know, how long, how often you change the strings with these high powered crossbows. You know, I mean, and they're guys getting them out of the box and maybe shooting them for three, four years. I mean, how often do you think those should be looked at and changed? Because every season, every, every season, one hundred percent, every season. If you if you have one of these, we'll we'll call it one of these high performance four hundred feet per second plus crossbows. Even if you pull that thing out and you shoot it, you know, a dozen times. Um, as long as you, you're going to put that back in the case and and everything else next year, you you every season. And, and and the reason I say that is because they're under so much pressure and so much tension, even while they're just sitting there at rest. Uh, um, some of these things, the design they have, um, you know, some of these four cabled uh, crossbow systems with these tiny cables that, I mean, and they, listen, the manufacturers, you know, they're the ones that, 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 that make the design, right. You know, that you can only have, you know, 80 to 90 thousandths, you know, total diameter in the end servings. Well, you, you can only put so many strands in, you know, in a, in a little cable like that to, to achieve that. And um, it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, like you, you talked about earlier, um, Dave, I mean, you, or I'm sorry, Tim, you mentioned that, you know, Hey, you can have, uh, you can have catastrophic failure. And, yeah. and with that failure, a lot of other things happen. Well, there's just, there's just no point in chancing it with a, you know, on a crossbow. I think we've uh, had so a I, couple of crossbow strings break, uh-huh. um, just, just <laughs> out of the box. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe eight shots through them or something. Yeah. I honestly, like I've had a couple of that just break brand new. So like, I, I'm almost wondering sometimes how long has that stock been sitting? You know, like what you're saying is maybe it's been sitting a year, you know, and that tension on it the whole time didn't help it. Or, I mean, there could be things like a burr or something, right? I mean, there's other options that could be could have been on that bow, but I, I was thinking about the other day. In fact, what we should do is send it to Eric, have his team redo it. And we'll see if that works then over time. So we still have that bow, but now I'm worried that it might, you know, yeah. could be compromised. I don't know. I guess we have to literally look at it. Anyway, yeah, we need to get it checked out. I was going to say, what I was going to bring up is the one thing about this that, you know, um, I've been saying on this podcast for a couple of weeks and uh, Tim knows, but Eric hasn't been on, so you don't know, but you know, tricks are for kids, the color schemes, you know, like that's the thing. When I look at this, like, it's just so cool looking to me. Like, I'm like, that is going to look amazing when I put this on this bow. Um, I just think that's where it's at. You know, we had this conversation with Easton about wraps being cool colors. You see a lot of customization now, uh, you know, with arrow builders, like, you know, custom arrow builders. Um, I think giving people the option to do these type of things, this is so critical to, people wanting to have their own bow, their own personality in their bow. Um, and that's why, you know, I thought in my head, you know, I had you build these for us was like, all right, how can I make this like just really unique and different and, and, you know, stand out in its own way. And um, I think you see that with these colors and just, it looks absolutely incredible. Customization has been, you know, that that's absolutely key. And every time that we provide somebody an additional uh, customizable option, and, and even when we think we're like, eh, nobody will really do that. It's, it's crazy how much that takes off. Um, I'll give you an example as we, we decided to offer, you know, we, we try to control as much of our own supply chain as we can. So, you know, we, we print our own heat shrink, right? So the heat shrink that comes on these, that, that, uh, you know, that comes over the speed knocks, 
you know, we print those, we print those logos. Um, we offered, we started, uh, I guess the beginning of last year, we started offering people the ability to, to, you know, to put their own customization on the, you know, on those. Um, oh, so, cool. yeah. Nice. So, it, and I can tell you that's been, I have seen, I, I can't repeat some of the things that, that have come through our website <laughs> as far as, you know, what people have wanted to put on there. But I mean, it's, it's anything you can imagine. BHP. And uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh. It's unbelievable what some people have asked for. So it, it's just, it's cool. And, and people like that. Like I said, it's, it's one other thing that just makes it unique. It makes it theirs. So. Well, and that's it. It, it, it it's the thing that makes it theirs, right? They, they want to hold that bow and they want to go, this is mine. It's it's like driving a car, right? Um, you drive around in your car and, and and you always think your car is better than every everybody else's car on the road because it's yours. And when you make it unique and you add and you shine it and you 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 wash it, you know, you feel you feel some pride in it. And it's no different than the ownership of a bow. And I would say for that matter, for a gun as well. You know, there's a lot of guys that customize customize their guns as well for the exact same reason. They take pride in it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And let's be honest. Some of these bows out there ain't cheap, right? So if I'm going to go out there and I'm going to spend, you know, $1,100, $1,400, you know, I, I want it to be different than everybody else's. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Eric, so what's your, okay, so like in a little bit different note here, you know, obviously you've been in this industry a long time and you've worked for bow manufacturers. So you have like a lot of background in this stuff. So like my question is, what do you think is going to happen this year? Like, what do you think these guys are going to do? Uh, um from a bow perspective i'm just curious what your thoughts are obviously this is just you know your thoughts but i'm just curious like where do we go from here like what what do you think could actually change or be be done coming up here sure uh, and i think so yeah to answer that question I, I think you'll probably see you'll probably see a lot of small inline changes that you know uh, probably nothing you know incredibly groundbreaking um you know, it's, it's not that we haven't maxed out the technology or, or, or anything there. It's just, you know, it, it's really hard to, uh, it's really hard to improve, you know, everybody every year looks for something that that's new and groundbreaking. And it's like, oh, you know, they're looking for that, that, that big wow moment, you know, the big, the, the release of, of something that's completely new and different. And, and it's just, I don't, I don't think we're going to see it. Uh, it's, it's not that it's not that we can't, I mean, there's, but, but, but you think about it, you know, what, what else can we do? Right. I mean, you know, or, or how do we get there? You know, how do we do something completely different? I mean, yeah, there's, there's some things, uh, you know, I think in, in riser design, there's, there's some, there's some avenues, you, you know, that are outside of our industry from a material standpoint and, and some processes and everything else that, that haven't been tapped into, but, you know, from, from a camp, standpoint and everything else you know we're not gonna you know nobody's gonna build the um nobody's gonna build a 33 inch um seven inch brace height bow that's doing 380 feet per second i mean it's not those are all a pie in the sky and it, it, it doesn't mean that we won't ever get there but we're not gonna get there in one fail swoop and the one thing i say a lot of times is you look at you look at these new bow releases you look at the the launches and everything else and you I think, you know, I look at it from maybe a slightly different standpoint because I've, I've, I've been in that world and, and I've, I've seen what goes into, you know, even making small changes. I think some of the changes that these guys, you know, these top companies have made, you know, year over year, I think they're really remarkable. Um, I, I think you look at, uh, you know, I mean, look at where we are today versus where we are, 
you know, we were five years ago. I mean, some of those, some of those changes, you know, I think when you look year over year, you know, um, at Matthews, for example, you know, you look at a, uh, you look at a phase four 33 versus a, a V3X 33. And you're like, well, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, we got the, we got eight limbs instead of four and we've done some things there. I think there's some pretty cool technology that's there, but if you look at that compared to, you know, where we were with a, you know, with a halon, you know, or, you know, triax or, or, or go back further than that, you know, and, yeah. and then you start looking, you're like, okay, yeah, we've, we've actually, we've moved the needle in the right direction, you know, and that's the same way with, with all the companies. I mean, you know, the, the cool things that you've seen, you know, from, um, you know, from Hoyt, from PSC, from, from prime, from, you know, all of these, these, these companies, you know, across the board, it's been, you know, they, they've had some nice innovation. Um, you know, they've moved some stuff and they've all moved in the right direction. So a lot of things, you know, even from a company perspective, it may be new, not new to that industry or the archery industry, but it's new to them. You know, it's not something that they've done before, you know, and, and they, they're not trying to do me too. They're trying to improve on, on what it is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to see, I mean, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, I'm like a, <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of archery, just like, uh, you know, just like many other people are. I mean, I, I, I look at all these, I watch these bow releases um, just like everybody else does. You know, I have to look at it from a strategic standpoint too. Like, you know, as soon as we have bow releases, I need to make sure that I've got, you know, I've got string specs and, and, and that's a big part of all that right there. But I, I love watching this new stuff. You know, every once in a while I get to, um, I get to get a, a sneak peek, a sneak peek on a, on a preview of something that's coming just because of, um, you know, us needing to have, you know, string specs early, but um, I get all geeked out on, on all the stuff, you know, the, the new bow releases across the board, you know, I, I think it's all good stuff. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, you're absolutely right. When it comes to the bows, everybody thinks they're mediocre changes, but the truth is they're actually pretty big changes. And when you think about like the V3 to the to the phase four, there's massive differences between those bows and the bridge lock concepts adding to both sides. You got the limb issue, the differences, you got the riser differences and updates. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think if you when people look back on it in history, be like, oh yeah, there was a huge difference between 2015 and 2023. You know, there's definitely that jump. I would ask you this though, thoughts on, um, was it a mistake to go away from dual limbs? Was it a mistake? And I asked that question mainly because when you have a bow with just two limbs, you're allowed to play with narrowness, much more narrowness than a split limb bow on top of the weight of the bow. I feel like by doing the quad limbs, what we've been doing over the last few years here, we have engaged more weight to the bow and I know they're trying to offset that in like the carbon systems, but I guess what's your thoughts on that? Cause when you look at APA, they're still doing dual limbs and they have tiny sure. narrow bows that are lightweight 3.1, 3.3. I mean, they're super light. Um, so I guess what's your thoughts on that? So the, you know, you, you get the lighter bow because you're, you're doing it, you're doing it more in the limbs and your risers shorter, right? As you, as you, want to go shorter with limbs or you want to go more you know past parallel with limbs it becomes very difficult to to almost impossible to do that with a with a large solid you know piece of of glass um the the ability to go past parallel um is significantly increased 
when you go to the, the smaller limbs and then you support those limbs with basically, you know, uh, nothing in between as far as that goes, when you go with a split limb, um, that creates, you know, the ability to go with longer risers, um, you know, longer risers, shorter limb, it, it puts a lot of the feel um, vertically up and down as opposed to forward. So I, I do think, I do think this, I think that the, the, the change to split limbs has allowed us to get, um, you know, a lot more, um, I would say, stability in the risers and to the point where, you know, we have, uh, you know, not just stability, but we have, we have that feel that everybody's looking for, you know, everybody's looking for this, you know, for the softer feel, for the, the, the lack of vibration for, for all of these things. And I, and I do believe that, that going that way is, has kind of helped in achieving that. And la last question with this stuff, last question. I, I <laughs> that was one of these quick, quick questions. Was it a mistake for Matthews to not have a solo cambo anymore? I think they've done a good job of coming out of that corner. Um, if you asked me this question, you know, however many years ago, um, I would have, you know, they were, they pushed the solo cam, right? I mean, they said that was, that was the way like that there was, there was no other way. And, and I think that, so I, I would say this is that, you know, they marketed themselves and they believed in a system with, with the technology that was available. Um, technology changed and they were uh, kudos to them for, for saying, hey, listen, you know, the system we have is, is no longer the best system that we can offer our customers. We feel that we can do better and, and we're going we're gonna to go back on, you know, what we said and we're going we're gonna to move forward and, you know, let's go. And I, and I give them, I give them total props and, you know, hats off for them for, for you know, be, it's, it would have been, it would have been easy for them to hang on for a couple of years longer and, and, and try to, uh, try to prove the point and, and argue why, you know, their technology was, was better. Um, but they didn't, you know, they went forward and said, this is, this is where it's at. This is better. This is where we're going. And, you know, uh, and never look back. And, and I think that, uh, I think but that's you all you can do as a, as a company, really. I mean, if, if you think about it, if, if, you know, let's just say, let's say we were building strings and, and we, we kept on doing something and there was a new material or, or something that came out and, or, you know, something that was completely different. And we just dug our heels in and said, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I mean, I, I can only do that. So for so long, if I know there's a better way of, of doing something, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not fair to our customers. It's, you know, we want to, we want to provide the best product that we can. And I think yeah. that's, that's everybody. And, and I, I think, think the interesting, I think for that. but I think the interesting part is that, so I agree with that. Like, I think you're going to go the direction of what's best for the consumer. However, I also feel like, well, why would you still not offer a platform like that? And the only reason I say that is because they dominated this name brand, right? Solo cam for X amount of years. They moved back to two cam system, which are to the, to the two cam system, which they do excellent. Of course, they do a great job with it. Um, but the, but see the one key to this is that bear archery is dominating the one cam concept right now. They're dominating it. They're selling adapts. Like they're going out of style. Like, and so that's why I say like, although to us, like maybe somebody who's at the level of, you know, $1,300 bows, $1,400 bows, maybe, maybe a solo cam doesn't make sense anymore, you know, cause adapts not that cost, right. It's cheaper bow. It's like 800 bucks, 700 bucks, 600, somewhere in there. 
So I, I, but I just wonder, like, I just wonder, like if Matthews kept a solo cam, just one model, like, let's say it's like a 28 inch Creed type model or something like it says the classic or something, would those be selling instead of those bears? See, that's why I just wonder, you know, cause I'm like, that's interesting. Right. Cause people are still buying single cam bows. They just call it a one cam. They don't call it a solo cam, but you, you don't think about it. Cause everybody thinks everything's two cam now, but it's really, they're selling species EVs or selling these. Uh, adapt adapt plus that just came out and i know from talking to them it's like it's like going crazy those bows so it's sure. nuts um i yeah, just think it's it, interesting right it's like the, the company who was doing that doesn't do it and now another company's doing it and doing well from it because <laughs> like yeah, that's know. weird yeah you you might be right and that maybe you know hindsight's 2020 i mean maybe if they you know look back they if they'd done that or done something in their mission line or or something yeah, like that that would have been an idea yeah, yeah mission yeah. That would have been a good idea to keep that alive or even keep just one. But I know they tried. They did have one solo cambo a couple of years back that was still there. But I kind of look at like the Safari, like why not just why not just have a solo cam option? You know, just one bow. Not it could even be every three years it changes. Right. Just because I still think they would sell hot like hot cakes because people still love, you know, the, that feel of a bow, even though we know it's not as effective or efficient, you know, as doing the dual cam. But yeah, I don't know. Anyhow, thanks, Eric, for coming on, man. Gas Bowstrings is amazing. Congratulations on your success. Honestly, it's been amazing watching this company grow over the years since we started BHP. And uh, I know your background just made it even easier because you knew what you're doing. So that really helped out. But this, the quality is amazing. Um, you know, uh, check out Gas Bowstrings online, guys. Also, Eric is offering a discount for anybody who buys the Archery Repair Kit. If you guys want to grab a set, throw it in your Archery Repair Kit or, um, you know, just put your ones now in the archery repair kit and get a new set now. So you have the better ones on right now while you're sitting there. Right. Or even better yet buy two pairs, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> That's right. right on. Eric, any last words, my friend? No, I appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, I appreciate you guys inviting me on here. That was cool. Thank you. Mom. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.